One of the questions I get asked the most is how do I become better at prayer? And while there is no one lock and key answer, over the next few episodes of Gems of Grace, I'll be touching on several things we all can do to become more effective in our prayer lives. If you're following along, I'm still in the sixth chapter of Matthew as we are learning how to get started in prayer. If you had a chance to join us last time, we talked about three points of an effective prayer life. First, we covered praying personally. And we talked about how prayer is conversation. So unless it's being done in a crowd of people, it's a good idea to keep it between yourself and God. Secondly, we talked about praying privately and how Jesus says there's a reward that comes with praying privately. Third, I mentioned praying plainly, and I said how some of us may face self-confidence issues in praying due to some of the figures we may witness praying in public, but how unnecessary that is since the same God who commands us to pray is also the same one who provides us with what we need to pray effectively to him. And I started all these points with the letter P to kind of help us remember these points. I want to continue this week with another P. We're going to cover the importance of praying with praise. Continuing in Matthew chapter six at verse nine, Jesus says, pray like this, our father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. When doing a word search for prayer and putting all the definitions together from its original words, The simple definition for prayer I can think of is expressing a want or a need or desire to God. Understanding that there are several reasons I believe Jesus gives us to start our prayers and praise. The first one, I'd say it's just good manners. There are times when I've had to go to people I'm in relationship with and borrow a few dollars or ask for another favor. Out of my respect and reverence for them and our relationship, I don't generally just go to them and immediately start asking. I will typically start with a hello and how are you? See how things are going with them. And once I take time to hear their responses, I'll usually wait for an opening or give a preparatory statement like, hey, can I talk to you about something or can I ask you for a favor? Then I will make my request. Understanding we always want to show reverence and respect to God. It's important that we go to him as someone we are in relationship with and want to have good manners when dealing with. Secondly, God is a king and there is a right and a wrong way to approach a king. Could you imagine going to the White House, no matter who's occupying it, going to Washington, D.C., down Pennsylvania Avenue, onto the lawn of the White House, past the multiple security points and secret service agents, security codes, walking in and simply going to the Oval Office without knocking and just going up to the president and stating your request. Mr. or Madam President, I have something for you to hear. 
we wouldn't even make it to the White House lawn. Yet we enjoy such a relationship. And those who aren't Jesus's followers have the opportunity for just that same level of access. We don't have to go anywhere. We don't have to make an appointment or get on a waiting list or request an audience. All we have to do is enter the presence of God. However, we need to not take that opportunity lightly. We still need to understand that God is still king. And because of that, there needs to be a, a protocol and a decorum we use when approaching his majesty, when approaching the maker and ruler of all that was, is, and is to come. And going to God, reverence and respect is to always be shown. Now, I'll make a brief disclaimer. There are times when all we'll have time to do is pray, help, Lord, or or where exasperation will have us, where we, all we can simply mutter is the name Jesus, or we'll, where we'll groan or uh, make some type of an utterance that uh, God can only understand. Those prayers are just as effective, but that should not be the norm. There should be a time when we set aside uh, to show God honor to say, I understand that I am a sinful man or a sinful woman. And if all were right, you shouldn't even listen to a word I have to say. But because of your mercy and grace and that you thought of me when I was lost and that you knew I had no righteousness of my own. But I heard that you don't want to spend eternity without me. So you decided to come on earth in the form of your own son, wrapped in flesh because in order to be a perfect sacrifice, you had to be God. But in order to qualify, you also had to be fully human. So you came to earth and sold yourself into a sacrificial offering that all I have to do is acknowledge that sacrifice and I could spend forever with you instead of eternity apart from you. So before I come to you asking for anything, I just want to take a little bit of time and say thank you for being a loving and kind and merciful God. And thank you for being gracious to me. A funny example I have uh, would be, I remember working at a place where there were some electrical problems on a windy day and the lights kept flickering and a coworker prayed, a fellow believer, they prayed and said, Lord, please let the lights stay out. And the light stayed on. And I told my coworker, look, we should show God more respect than that. We should show God more honor when making this request. And so I started off thanking God for the week we'd had, for our families and our homes, and just for being good. And I thanked him for our jobs. And then I said, but Lord, we've had a long week. And that if he didn't mind, We'd be truly grateful if he'd, and as soon as I said, turn out the lights, off the lights went, and they did not come back on. And we all got to go home early for the weekend because he lives in the praises of his people. And keeping with that thought, Psalm 22 says, he lives 
in our praises. And if he lives there, his presence must live there. And where his presence is, there will always be his power because he has all power. Whenever there's a strong showing of the spirit, we have a habit of saying something like, man, God really showed up or his presence in the place was strong today. But the truth is, the actuality is the spirit of God doesn't move or change. The Bible does say he lives in our praises. Now, since God doesn't change or move and since none of us live in a constant state of praise, but God makes his home in our praises, I can only conclude that when we praise, it's not so much that he shows up, but we show up in his presence. And once we show up in his presence, the conditions then become favorable for prayer to find its responses. Therefore, when we pray, the atmosphere gets right. To me, it's kind of like rain. If you think about it, humidity never really comes to the atmosphere. Humidity never really changes. If I understand right, and I'm not a meteorologist, but if I understand right, and forgive me if I'm a little bit off, but it's the barometric pressure that prevents humidity from getting into the atmosphere. And that keeps the weather from changing. And like I said, I'm not a weatherman, but once in a while, the air and the wind gets to going and a front comes. And when the front comes, the pressure drops. And when the pressure drops, here comes the rain. Well, praise, praise produces air and wind for the believer. And when the wind comes, the atmosphere begins to change. And when the atmosphere changes, the pressures of life begin to drop. And when the pressures of life begin to drop, the atmosphere is just right for the rainfall of God. And when God makes the rainfall, there will be showers of blessing. Four, praise reminds us who God is. When we say hallowed or a more up-to-date way of saying that could be God's name is to be honored. Yes, we pray that to him, but it's not for his education. It's not, not like he doesn't know that his name is to be honored. It's for our edification. It's very similar to an earthly relationship. If we've been in a relationship and it's the type of relationship where we would express love one to another. Um, we only really need to tell a person we love them once if it's for their education. But it's important to hear it often because when they say it, even if we already know, there's something about the repetition of it that causes us to trust the information we already have even better than we did before. There's something, and I imagine that married people can really attest to this. There's something uh, that takes us back to that moment when we first learned what we know now. And even though it could have been years and decades maybe prior, when we first heard it, hearing it again makes it kind of like the first time. And when that happens, an atmosphere is cultivated for the miraculous to be consummated. So where the technical definitions of prayer We'll say prayer is about making our requests. 
since God is someone we hopefully have a relationship with, it's good if we think of prayer as conversation. So as Jesus teaches in the Lord's Prayer, we first acknowledge God for who he is. Listen, I'm all out of time, but I would love to pray for us. God, we honor your name because it's holy. It's separate and it's sacred, and there's no other God but you. Help us to be committed to the daily discipline of praying to you with praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, Origins of Grace, I am Wade T. Long.